1: My father's
2: house. All we got is this book. That's it. All we got is this book. The promises of God's kingdom, His glory, God's love, the glory of His Son, who has been made heir of all things, who desires you as His bride. We have only the word of the Spirit the things that God has said through his spirit. But here's the question, will you believe it? Will you go? Will you make that commitment?
0: Can you imagine being asked to marry someone you've never met, never even heard of until now? To travel to their land with the possibility of never seeing familiar settings again? If you're honest, your answer probably would be no way. But Rebecca did. She took the word of a complete stranger and chose to believe it. This is very much like when you come to Jesus, as Pastor Mike will be teaching today. God requires that you put your trust in Him, not knowing what the future is going to bring. Now here's Pastor Mike in the book of Genesis chapter 24 as he continues his message, Wooing the Bride.
2: The subject is the way that Jesus treated and dealt with certain individuals, particularly in the way of healing them. And in that book, G. Campbell Morgan just does such a great job. The way that he ministers to one person is not the same way that he ministers to another person. The way that he calls one person, the way he commissions one person, the way that he heals one person is not the way that he does that work in the life of another person. Such a variety of different ways that God works his work. You know, I think one of the reasons why this isn't, by the way, in in any of my notes here, but I thought I'd just mention it. I think God goes about doing that, that is, working in one person's life one way and working in another person's life a completely different way, just to show us that He is God, that His ways are not our ways, that His ways are so far above our ways. When we think about God working in our lives, like, say, for example, there's something pressing on us. So we appeal to the Lord in prayer, oh God, go before me, work this out, please, this new job or this relationship or someone is sick, God, please heal them. And then in the prayer, there is the offering of the blueprint of the way that he should go about doing those things that we're asking him to do. But he circumvents that whole thing. He goes completely another different way. And then we think to ourselves, wow, I never thought of that. And it, brings us back to realize who God is, that his ways are not our ways, that his ways are so far above our ways. So I think that's one of the reasons why he works in the lives of his people in a variety of ways. So anyway, the servant went out, got the gifts, gave the jewels to Rebekah, and also brought in beautiful clothing that the bride might be properly attired for this occasion. Even as the Holy Spirit took from us the filthy rags of our own righteousness and clothed us in fine linen, pure and clean, which in the Bible is referred to as the righteousness of the saints. And so the Holy Spirit clothes us in the righteousness of Christ through faith, that beautiful covering and clothing whereby God now sees me as righteous, clean, and pure. Paul put it this way in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 9. And being found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. And by the way, this is the only righteousness that God the Father accepts. Everything else is thoroughly rejected, passed over. The righteousness which is from God by Faith. Folks, that's the only kind of righteousness that'll get the job done. Now, let's look at Rebecca. Let's take a closer look at this woman. And this is the reason why we should take a closer look at this woman, Rebecca, because remember, in this typology, she's a type of the church. So in this, we should learn something about ourselves. So let's go back now to verse 16. And let me read verse 16 once again to you. This is when we were first introduced to her. Now, the young woman was very beautiful to behold, a virgin. No man had known her. And she went down to the well, filled her pitcher, and then came up. Now, the first thing that I want to draw your attention to, as is recorded for us in the text that we just read, notice we are told that she was beautiful. She was beautiful. And the Bible doesn't declare that of many people. But I want you to think about yourselves and your relationship to God. And I want you to think about this. Did you know that Jesus sees you as very beautiful? Let me give you a cross-reference for this. In the 45th Psalm in verse 11, there the Bible tells us the King, the Lord, desires our beauty. Now, i got to tell you something, though. As I read this, I find it hard to believe. I look in the mirror, for example. (laughs) But not only the reflection that I see back from the mirror, but there have been times when I feel very ugly because of the things that I have done. And there are times when I feel that ugly that I have a hard time realizing that Jesus sees me as being very beautiful and there are times where I think to myself, Jesus must be blind. But then again, I think, love is blind. You've heard that expression, right? In 1 Peter, in chapter 4, and, verse, and it's biblical. Because in 1 John, chapter 4, and verse 8, Peter tells us, love covers a multitude of sin. And it's true. And so he sees you. He sees me through the eyes of love. It's so deep. It's so great. He doesn't see any of our flaws of personality or character. In fact, I think he's written a song. It goes something like this. Isn't Mike lovely? Isn't he beautiful? Did he write that? Where did I get that? Oh, that was Stevie Wonder. Okay, I'm sorry. But listen, that's absolutely the way that he feels about you, okay? This is why you never hear me sing during the worship service and I sit in the back of the room because I don't want to run anyone out of the service. But listen, God desires your beauty. You're his bride, washed and cleansed, made anew through him. Now, not only was Rebecca very beautiful, but she was also very gracious, Okay, now again, remember, Rebecca is a type of you, a type of me, a type of the church. And one of the other things that marked this woman's life, a virtue, was she was extremely gracious. Okay, think about it. After the servant had made his trek, had come to the city of Nahor, his final destination, at the well, he prayed unto the Lord. Do you remember the prayer that he prayed? We talked about it last time. Let's go back. Let's take a look at it again for the benefit of those who are here for the first time. Verse 12. Then he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, please give me success this day and show kindness to my master Abraham. Behold, here I stand by the well of water, and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Now let it be that the young woman to whom I say, please let down your pitcher, that I may drink And she says, drink, and I will also give your camels a drink. Let her be the one you have appointed for your servant Isaac. And by this, I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. And so he prayed this prayer. And before he finished praying that prayer, notice there, as you read on, Rebecca came with a pitcher Upon her shoulder, she gave drink to the servant and then proclaimed she would draw water for his camels. And and this was no small thing. We are told, notice in verse 10 of chapter 24, that a part of this entourage that followed the servant, there were 10 camels. And it would have at least taken five gallons of water to quench the thirst of each one of those camels. So this woman, Rebecca, had to draw 50 gallons of water from the well. Folks, this is no small thing. Wouldn't you say that's a gracious young lady? Right. (laughs) You see, when he was setting that requirement, he wasn't asking a simple thing. I, I mean, just ask yourself the question. How many people would have volunteered for that kind of an occupation? But in her doing that, it became a sure sign to Eleazar that this was the one. Now, let me ask you this question. Remember, Rebecca is a type of the church, Rebecca is a type of you and me. Are we as open? Are we as willing to volunteer at the beckoning? Of the Spirit, as was Rebecca at the beckoning of the servant who is a type of the Holy Spirit. You know, when the Holy Spirit speaks, now this isn't your pastor coercing you into doing something. There's some kind of a need and we broadcast it or we write it in a bulletin or we always want people to pray about volunteering for anything here because if it's not through the leading of the Holy Spirit, guess what? It's not going to amount to anything and your service is just going to fall to the ground and you're not going to produce any fruit. It has to be led by the Holy Spirit, anointed by the Holy Spirit. You can't do anything for Christ anyway. Jesus himself said, without me you can do nothing. How true that is. And so definitely pray. If you hear some need broadcast from across the pulpit or written in a bulletin or however you hear it through the grapevine, pray about it. Make sure that it's the Holy Spirit leading you to do that. But when the Holy Spirit is leading you, Are you willing to volunteer at his beckoning? That's the gracious person. That's the gracious saint. That's the gracious Christian. That's what God is looking for. But then notice also in verse 23, he asked if there was room in her father's house for him to lodge in. She responded, yes. And there's also plenty of food for the camels as well. And so anyway, I've drawn your attention to the graciousness of Rebecca. But in the end, it wasn't the beauty or the graciousness that mattered. It was the commitment that this woman made. Commitment is such an important part of our Christian experience. Commitment to who? To what? Not to the church. I'm talking about a commitment to Jesus Christ. That's the most important aspect of our relationship and our walk with God, our commitment to him, to follow through with that commitment. When Eleazar got to the house, Abraham's brother, Nahar's family, Laban, the nephew of Abraham, we're all introduced to that cast of characters here in this chapter, and then he began to rehearse the story of his mission, and then the family consented And then the next morning, he got up early, prepared the camels, was ready to go back to Abraham's house from whence he had come. When he's ready to go home, to let his master Abraham know of the success of his mission. But notice in verse 55, her family wanted her to stay for at least 10 days to bid her farewell. Now, I mean, you know, I I can understand that. Your daughter, your relatives, they're going to be going. We don't know when we're going to see you again. Let us properly prepare a farewell dinner for you. So let's spend some more intimate time and uh, without any distractions, some real quality time uh, before you make that trek. Notice there in verse 55. Let me read that for you. In verse 55. But her brother and her mother said, let the young woman stay with us a few days, at least ten and then after that, she may go. But nevertheless, they came to the conclusion, probably the, uh, the servant was pressing them, no, ma'am, listen, i got to get back to my master, Abraham. This is good news, and I'm so excited about this. And the fulfillment of the oath that I had made, we, it's a long journey, we need to get back on the road. So they came to the conclusion then, both the servant as well as the members of her family, that they would leave the decision to Rebecca, And what was that decision? Well, verse 58. Then they called Rebecca and said to her, will you go with this man? And she said, and here's where the commitment comes in, folks. She said, I will go. You see that? This is so very, very important. I will go. And so today, let's bring this down to personal terms. And so today, the Holy Spirit is saying to you, will you go? Go where? To become the faithful bride of Jesus Christ. Will you enter into His kingdom? Will you go and become a part of God's eternal plan? And again, that's where the commitment comes in. It may mean a separation from the family. How many times have we heard this? Particularly amongst Jewish believers who are ostracized for their faith in Jesus Christ, for coming to Christ, sort of like turning their backs on tradition and Judaism and the way that they were raised. And because of that, some of the members of their immediate family have ostracized them, don't even acknowledge or recognize them as sons or daughters any longer. I've heard that. I mean, it's not common, but... Over the years of being a pastor, we've come up against that sort of thing. So it may mean a separation from the family. It did for Rebecca. It surely means alienation from the world in which you live. That is, we are called to live a new life, that life after the Spirit. And you're going to become a stranger to the world around you. You're going to journey to a new land and begin a new life, if you will. But here's the question. Will you go? Are you willing to make that commitment? Are you willing to make that kind of a sacrifice? And the journey is not going to be easy. It wasn't for Rebecca. 400 miles of desert. You're going to have to go through riding on the back of a camel. You know, those kinds of experiences. You fill in your own blank. How difficult it is to follow through with the commitment that you made to Jesus Christ and all of the things that stand against it. It's hard. It's like a salmon swimming upstream to lay their eggs. You've made a commitment of your life to live on a higher plane than other people around you. This is a part of your Christian commitment. There's no easier, smooth way to get around it. It's the only way to get to the
1: meeting
2: With the groom. Again, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, pick up the cross, and follow me. So the question remains will you go? Listen, man, it takes a lot of faith. I mean, all you have is the word of the Spirit inspired in this book. All you got is some funny looking guy from New Jersey up here encouraging you to do all of the things that we've been talking about. All we got is this book. That's it. All we got is this book. The promises of God's kingdom, His glory, God's love, the glory of His Son, who has been made heir of all things, who desires you as His bride. We have only the word of the Spirit, the things that God has said through His Spirit. But here's the question. Will you believe it? Will you go? Will you make That commitment. Folks, that's why faith is so very, very important in our Christian experience. But Rebecca said, who is a type of the church, I will go. And guess what? She found out, as we're going to discover in some of our future studies, she found out that everything the servant declared was absolutely true and even more. In fact, the servant hadn't even told her the half of it because... In 1 Corinthians in chapter 2 in verse 9 as it is written eye has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered the hearts of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him even as you will discover it's all true and so the spirit is testifying to each and every one of us today of the glory that awaits us if you will just simply commit your life to Jesus Christ. Will you commit your life to Jesus Christ? Will you continue to follow through? You know, as I look around the room, with the exception of a couple of people who are visiting, I know that most of you are Christians, are believers, but will you follow through with that commitment? I've been at this a long time now, and I've seen a lot of people come and go. I've seen some people who have taken the name of Christ slip out the back door. Hey, where's so-and-so? I haven't seen him for a couple of weeks, a couple of months. Oh, yeah, they've gone back to their old ways. Yeah, I ran into him. You know, I was having dinner with some people from work, and uh, I saw a so-and-so who used to attend our church belly up at the bar, whatever you call those things, uh, chucking down shots of whatever, tequila or whatever they, you know, shooters or whatever those things are. What? Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay. aren't you glad you didn't respond? You would have revealed something about yourself that you didn't want to reveal. Okay, all right, okay. Uh, yeah. Are you going to follow through with that commitment that you made to the Lordship of Jesus Christ? Will you commit? The Spirit is testifying to us today of the glory that awaits us if you will just continue to follow through with your commitment to Jesus Christ. Listen, the Spirit is calling you. The Spirit continues to work in you. And in some people, He's working much harder than He is in other people. But that's okay. Some of us, we're just hard nuts to crack. And that's okay. God loves us. Remember, He considers you as being beautiful. He wants to clothe you with those garments of praise and of righteousness, the righteousness of Christ. He's working so hard to draw you himself and listen and I'm going to close with this I just love the universal invitations that are recorded for us in the Bible for example as many as believe to them gave he the power to become the sons and daughters of God but how about this one John's gospel in chapter 6 and verse 37 the one who comes to me I will in no wise cast out I love that open and free to all men and all women. No strings attached. You come exactly the way you are. You bring all of your excess baggage with you, and God begins to do a whole new work in your life. The processes of God's Holy Spirit, regeneration, sanctification, being set apart by the Holy Spirit, changing us from the inside out, conforming us into the image of His Son, Jesus Christ. Oh, man. Listen, we've got a bright future to look forward to, guys. God isn't finished with any of us, whether you're a brand new Christian or the senior pastor of the church. We have great things to look forward to.
1: In my Father's house, there's a place for me. In my Father's house, where I long
0: been listening to Pastor Mike Finizio here on In My Father's House. He is working his way through the book of Genesis. If you were blessed by today's message and want to pass along the blessing, you can find a link to give to the ministry on our website, harvestnyc.org. We have so much available to you there, including many audio messages and links to streamed messages. We stream every Sunday and Thursday service. Once again, that's harvestnyc.org. Another way to pass along the blessing is to share the messages with someone else. Maybe God put someone on your heart today as you listened. You can send them the links as well. In My Father's House is a ministry out of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Midtown Manhattan, New York City. We're easy to find with access from Port Authority on 42nd and Penn Station on 34th. Come by and see us. But if you're from another part of the country or world, we'd love to know. Please send us a quick note at harvestnyc at verizon.net. That's harvestnyc at verizon.net. It's a great encouragement to Pastor Mike and the team at In My Father's House to hear where these messages are being listened to. There is nothing more beautiful than the global body of Christ. If you'd like to hear more, subscribe to our podcast for daily doses of the Word. Just go to Spotify and search for In My Father's House with Mike Venizio. And then just click follow. Well, we have filled our time for today. Come back and see us again, because there's no better place to be than In My Father's House with you.